Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? Good. All right. Ready to go? Yes. Sir, searching a little harder today for something to say. You know, we're on the right track. Things are improving. Yeah, well, I'm blues. sure out there there's uh, some improvement, uh, a supporter becoming wiser and joining the ranks. But no, we still have a few problems there, and we're going to be talking about the problem and maybe be able to make a suggestion or two of what, what they ought to do. But we're, we're going to have to start off with uh, Fauci. I thought, I thought he'd be done from now. You know, uh, if I was a betting man, I probably would have bet maybe a year ago. That guy can't last. There's no way. How can he keep There's a doing limit this? to yeah. this. But uh, no, he, he's still around and he hasn't been arrested. I don't even think he's been threatened. No. He hasn't been arrested and he still has a job. He's worked for the Republican administration and the Democratic administration. And uh, you, you'd think that his flip-flopping would call attention to his ineptness, but he, yeah. he's a professional at that. You know, we wonder about his professional uh, abilities, but when it comes to a, being a professional politician, he is pretty darn good. And for some reason, he has the deep state on his side. I mean, his partner being Bill Gates, that means he has a connection there. So uh, maybe, maybe it is that connection that guarantees that he doesn't have to worry. And uh, I don't think he has to worry about money either. So, yeah. but, but anyway, uh, he's in the news again. And the, the subject came up about uh, what are we going to do with the airlines? Uh, uh, they have to do something. I mean, I, I um, sort of swore off flying commercial airlines because I just can't handle that. Yeah. But uh, the, in the airlines now, there's so much fussing that people get on. Uh, you know, they get into arguments and fights and everything else and wearing a mask and pasting masks on little kids' faces. And all this is just, just a horrendous mess. And yet they were trying to back off and uh, there, there was a discussion on this, but uh, Fauci says, no, I'm, I'm very open to this, uh, re re really uh, cracking down uh, and not even allowing people to get on the flight, even if they do wear their mask, he says, unless you have a vaccination. And he, he does, he, you know, for as smart a guy as he is, <coughs> He he, uh, yeah. he he doesn't understand or believe or just is in denial of natural immunity, and that's been around for a while. A couple you know, of years, you know? yeah. I think I think people knew that actually in ancient times because if you had a certain disease, you didn't get it again. That was basic knowledge that was yeah. discovered early on. So uh, they're uh, they're t t talking about now that uh, it's reason not to be complacent about that, and the airlines are going to get worse. And I guess I'll have to keep walking to <laughs> all my appointments, you know, because it looks like the uh, commercial airlines are not going to be freed up anytime soon. And that also invites the question: Why do why do the owners that uh, are supposed to be in business uh, to protect their customers and to protect their investors why do they go along with this well that's that's another story because wokeism has invaded the corporate world and that's a major problem that uh, uh, we uh, will keep talking about because i think it's a big big problem yeah well again fauci of course was on the shows over the weekend and we can actually play this first clip here he is with chuck todd when chuck asked him about uh, what do you think about forcing people to take a shot in order to travel domestically. Let's cue up that first one if we can. 
Here's uh, Fauci's response. One final thing, you had indicated personally you would be supportive of a vaccine mandate for domestic flyers. Uh, is that something that's under consideration by the Biden COVID team? Well, the team has a lot of things on the table. No, nothing has been taken off the table. That decision is not. So here's Fauci saying nothing's off the table. Uh, nothing's off the table. That's usually, I remember hearing that when they're about to bomb someone, isn't that? You know <laughs> right. what they say? And so I think it's an appropriate use of the word. They do whatever they want and whatever they can get away with. And it's, it's a bad sign. And that means they probably have made a decision. But Fauci changes his minds every once in a while, only in words, but never in action. His actions have been very consistent. More government, uh, more intimidation more of the elimination of personal liberties and personal decisions. So that's going to continue. I don't see how it could be improved unless they have somebody replace him. And uh, someday that will happen. But we have to have a replacement with people who have a philosophy that they believe in and, and try to define, you know, personal liberties and property and contracts and, uh, and instead of this uh, bureaucratic nonsense where government uh, is an entity that rules over all the individuals. It's a shame. The thing about this whole forcing you to take a shot to travel on an airplane and even Fauci said when they asked him, what about natural immunity? He said, well, I don't know. I'll have to get back to you on that. I never heard of it. (laughs) But it seems to me more like more about compliance than science because we do know, and this is a fact, this is incontrovertible, that both Fauci, Walensky, and all the people around them have admitted, the administration has admitted that the shot does not prevent transmission. Walensky's on on record saying that they all say that. So if you are double vaccinated, as they say now, or triple or quadruple, whatever it is this week, you still are shedding virus. You still can infect other people. They all admit this. So then what is the point of requiring you to be vaccinated to go on a plane if you are shedding virus just like unvaccinated people? It doesn't make any sense in the logical, rational world other than as a way to punish people who refuse to do what they tell them to do. It's compliance, and you use that word. It's it's getting the people conditioned that they will obey, and if they don't, they're either going to be punished or they've been intimidated to think that they're, you know, die from a disease and, and the problems are much, much greater than they really are. They're made to be very frightened, and they work uh, they work on fear. And, and this, this is what social distancing was all about. This is what masks were all about. They never proved any of that. Yeah. And, and now this, right, once again, on these airplanes, I mean, sitting next to somebody um, is not going to be, it. And, and besides, there, there are dangers and there are things to do. But the big argument is who best can do this with respect of, uh, of human rights and, and, you know, individual liberty. And it's not the government. They're supposed to be protecting us. And they're the orchestrators of, of all this nonsense. And uh, there's always a good politician, good bureaucrat volunteering. I know it's a tough job, but I'm going to volunteer for this because I believe in really making the world safe for uh, who knows what. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, and we talked about this before the show, is what's going to happen to the airlines if they are forced to tell everyone, hey, you can't fly unless you show us your medical records, your medical history. 
What do you think, you know, in the real world of economics, what might well, happen? I think that uh, it, it, there's, there's a confirmation of what happens uh, today uh, because some of these things are predictable. And as I read one report, oh, this is going to affect the airlines, and the airlines were a big deal because a lot of people are getting to depend on it, and the airline uh, stocks crashed yeah. along with a lot of other things. But those things were predictable, too, because of the malinvestment and the debt surrounding, uh, you know, what, what the Federal Reserve does. So, uh, yes, uh, they've, they've done this. And, you know, th this is why I, I, people, people have a hard time understanding why would the companies go along with all this? Why yeah. wouldn't they fight it? Sort of like the owners of sporting companies, you know, sports team. And it makes things worse. But then uh, there's a bigger picture that I write about and talk about. And uh, maybe, they, maybe they do want the chaos. Maybe there's a benefit to their agenda uh, of, of the world views. And uh, certainly they're capable of that. So the, they're, they're, they're thinking differently. So I, I think it's a mistake uh, to believe that uh, common sense and logic can be applied to the Pelosi's yeah. of the world, yeah. because it, it, it doesn't. You have to you have to distort your mind and think. How do these people think? What do they think about? Do they think about uh, doing the right thing and not lying and fibbing and not falsely using power and obey the constitution? See, that doesn't even that, that doesn't even exist. They uh, rationalize and talk to themselves, and I think they convince themselves. Oh well, yeah, I believe I obey the constitution. It's a living doc. Document, yeah. and we can make it say anything we want, and, and so there's no no guilt whatsoever. They have never done anything wrong. They are they are righteous because they are they claim they are helping the poor people. And all you have to look at is the welfare state. It sure doesn't help the poor people in Venezuela or any yeah. other tyranny that existed. And we're moving in that direction. Unfortunately, we have more people on the streets and intense than the, in my lifetime. It didn't happen before. There are always poor people. Instead of moving in the direction of more liberty, they moved in the direction of uh, more printing press money, more debt, and a greater burden on the middle class. And then when there's problems, well, he's allowed to do that because we feel sorry for him just because he robs. He has to do that to survive. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing gets turned upside down. But that's what has to be reversed if we think we can uh, have a better society. The interesting thing now, if the airlines take this hit and, and, and say you've got to have a vaccine passport to go, I think we can actually learn something from what people are doing overseas. And this is how they are resisting the vaccine passport. And we've seen, we've talked about, we've seen many pictures in, from France, from Switzerland and elsewhere. You see families will bring a picnic into the town square that is ringed by restaurants and they will sit out in front of an empty restaurant and eat their dinner right out in front of the restaurant and the restaurant owner is just looking there looking watching his business go down the drain over the weekend in australia which is interesting because that's the police state it's the north korea of the south <laughs> um, construction workers in australia were told you cannot go into a cafe and have your lunch if you can't prove you're vaccinated so what did they do they took their chairs they put them in the middle of a busy street they blocked the street and they sat down and they had their lunch. That's how creative people are protesting this tyranny. And if they do this with the airlines, we might be able to expect something like that here. The real threat here is as conditions get worse, there's going to be more and more people stand up to it. And that's very good. They have to. That's the only way it's going to stop. But at the same time, the people who have 
uh, been in charge and had the power and their establishment and they were able to get along with the deep stent, Republican or Democrat, liberals and conservatives, uh, they're not going to give in easy. They're not going to ha- they're not going to have a reformation and say, oh, well, you know, this isn't working out so well. We I think we should go more with these weird people who believe in private property okay. ownership and voluntarism in all all efforts uh, uh, between human beings. They're, they're not going to do that. They're going to boil down. So, uh, and that's why people do, and cons- uh, including myself, uh, uh, why we are concerned about how much violence will result. I mean, we're seeing it. I mean, you know, they claim that certain people's lives matter. Well, I... Of course, the one thing you can't say is all people's lives yeah. well, matter. But what about what about the lives in the inner city? Every weekend, yeah. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people either wounded or killed. And there's no concern whatsoever, no expression. But uh, they, they use those slogans in other, term, other ways if they're just working to expand the power of the state. As long as they're vaxxed, it's okay. Right? <laughs> well, let's move on to because you talk, it's a science, it's a science, it's a science. Well, Scott Gottlieb, who was the FDA director previously, now works for Pfizer, but he was an FDA director. He's a guy, we've talked about him a lot. He's got his finger to the wind. He knows which way the wind blows. This is interesting. This was a revelation that came out over the weekend that was really astonishing. And in fact, why don't we play that second clip and listen to what Scott Gottlieb uh, 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 admitted on Face the Nation. And you write the six feet was arbitrary. The six feet was arbitrary in and of itself, but if the administration had focused in on that, they might have been able to affect a policy that would have actually achieved their outcome. But Mm -hmm. that policy-making process didn't exist. And the six feet is a perfect example of sort of the lack of um, rigor around how CDC made recommendations. Nobody knows where it came from. Most people assume that the six (laughs) feet of distance, the recommendation for keeping six feet apart, comes out of some old studies related to flu where droplets don't travel more than six feet. We now know COVID spreads through aerosols. The initial recommendation that the CDC brought to the White House, and I talk about this, was 10 feet. And a a political appointee in the White House said, we can't recommend 10 feet. Nobody can measure 10 feet. It's inoperable. Society will shut down. So the compromise was around six feet. So this is sort of unbelievable. This is the science. They sat there and a political appointee said, we can't do 10 feet. Let's compromise and make it six feet. We said something like people don't understand 10 yeah, feet. Yeah, like yeah. They, they don't have a measurement, you know. But, but uh, yeah, the one thing is they never proved it didn't, that has, would, would do any good. And uh, there's... And, and this idea, well, uh, we had to go follow the science, which is ridiculous. They, they, they cancel, you know, they're canceling a lot. One thing they've done a good job on is canceling out science yeah. in so many ways, because there's a lot of good science so they're on our side of this argument, and and they and they don't have no they don't have an axe to grind. They're, yeah. uh, they're not in the uh, FDA, and they're not uh, representing a drug company. And uh, they're physicians that uh, uh, you know practice good in medicine, and they're looking at these statistics, and they say there's no way uh, this, this stuff is uh, is proper in the way they analyze. They really don't have uh, you know an examination. 
and a procedure to uh, decide on, especially the vaccines right now, because ordinarily they take two or three years. Yeah. But uh, no, <laughs> now they just, uh, you know, put up their sign and, uh, uh, you know, like a dot com. I'm a dot com. Oh, that's good. We'll yeah. do this. Oh, I, I, we do vaccines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. We'll rush it through. Give us some more money. Yeah. Well, you know, there was an astonishing, and let's put up that first, just that first JPEG, if we can, because this was an astonishing sentence that should be really amplified, amplified and put on a marquee. This is Scott Gottlieb. This is not some guy, some conspiracy guy. He said, he talked about the lack of rigor around how the CDC made its recommendations. Lack of rigor. To me, that is important. He's talking about, it's just haphazard. It's just slapdash, it's slapped together. And then it's sold to us as the science. You better do this. And we still can go around the stores seeing all these stupid stickers. Stay here, stand here, no, stand over here, do this and that. And he's saying it's all made up. It was all completely made up. <laughs> and, you know, so many, so many people know that, but they have to feel very frustrated. And, and I feel frustrated at times, too, because I, I want to get a message out. But then I'm pleased when we meet the people who have come our way and they encourage us and, and these many things. But uh, I, I, it's tedious, it's hard. Uh, people lose their minds rather rapidly in mob, uh, with mob psychology. But it, it takes a while for people to be, be persuaded and to go against the grain of the status quo. Uh, you know, whether it's teenagers in high school, you, you want to fit in. You yeah. know, that's the way it is in medicine, too. And the medical profession is controlled by, you know, the uh, uh, people associated with government. And uh, because probably 80 percent of medicine, I'm guessing at the number, but it's high. That's uh, related to government regulation or government money, you know, because of the insurance yeah. and, and uh, veterans benefit and all this. It's just it's just loaded with that. So uh, this is why uh, it's great. And there are several in this uh, in this country uh, that uh, try to promote the cause of private practice. Uh, the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons yeah. is the one uh, organization that I've supported for years. And the whole principle is, uh, is, is you know, the privatization and the private decisions and uh, this, um, this, this doesn't, it, it doesn't seem that complicated, but uh, money talks and that's what happens. And it was uh, the third party payment, even before it became mostly government, was, was uh, promoted by organized medicine, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, the next one is important. And we've talked about this before and we speculated, is this just spite? Is this just uh, being mean or is it something more? And this is about the the all of a sudden the Biden administration radically uh, limiting access to monoclonal antibodies to red states like Florida and Texas, which refused to force the mask mandates and the other vaccination requirements that the administration is doing. It really looks like they are playing politics with this medicine and possibly really hurting people. Let's look at this because this is out of Montgomery County, which is just to the north of us a very freedom-loving county. If we can put on that next uh, clip, that next uh, JPEG. Um, this is, uh, if we can get a little bit bigger here. The, the original tweet says, Montgomery County in Texas, which has been successfully providing over 2,000 of its unvaccinated and vaccinated citizens with life-saving Regeneron monoclonal antibodies, now reports a supply chain shutoff 
by the Biden administration. This is dangerous, deadly, and purely political. And Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who is one of the signatories of the Great Barrington Declaration, he added to this comment, the White House has slashed access to life-saving MAB therapy to states controlled by political opponents. The obvious alternative is to order manufacture more treatments. But you know, they're claiming this uh, Defense Production Act, I forget the exact <laughs> name of it, they're saying, no, we control this, we control this treatment, and you're not getting any because you won't do what we say. That sounds almost criminal to me. That Defense Production Act is one thing that I worked on the whole time I was I remember, there because yeah. nobody talked about it, and it's very, very powerful. It is, it is the uh, agency of government that really takes over when everything is an emergency. Yeah. But you know, on this, uh, the whole principle of, uh, of dealing with uh, uh, shortages, the, the rationing thing, because it comes up a lot and, and uh, many times just in air, because when the economy is messed up by monetary policy, you will get shortages. So they think, well, we'll take care of shortages. Socialism always has rationing, thinking that that's going to create something. And they make things much worse. Then you have shortages, say, with a hurricane. And one of the worst things you do is ration thing. You want the prices to go up to give the people an incentive to get people who are going to make more money and bring in the products under conditions that are dangerous to get them into this season. But this... That, that has a pseudo excuse for doing it. You can, you can see why, how, how they get roped into that. But this is so crass. This is, this is done just for political hatred against groups because yeah. uh, they think they can get a political point from this. So the only way that is available to us to, uh, to, to compensate for this is for the people to hear about this yeah. and find out why they're doing it. And my guess is uh, that they're going to wake up. I think the people who can't get antibodies in Texas or or in Florida or elsewhere, uh, they're going to say, ah, I better see administration because uh, they they hate they hate free markets and all these other things. But that but this is there's so many reasons for uh, regulating wages and prices and rationing, and they never work. Uh, but this one is the worst because it's the most atrocious on personal personal liberty. Punishing people for. Right for it. But you know, the, the, it's, it's now open. You can state this in the open without any fear of, of retribution uh, if you're in one of the blue state types, which is that if you don't have a vaccine, you don't deserve medical treatment. You don't go to the hospital. You stay home and die. And this is what they're saying. And okay, I would tell those people, Dr. Paul, you better be careful because next is going to be fat people. Next is going to be people who drink too much. Everyone has a habit. You know, everyone does something that they shouldn't <laughs> do. And this slippery slope is so dangerous. That is for sure, and uh, that's one of the reasons we come here every day, trying to understand it, get the information, motivate people to stand up for their rights and uh, do their best to resist the demands and the control that governments impose on. So the worse the conditions get, is, and that is the goal of a lot of them, the more likely it is that people will say, this is so bad, I have to eat, you yeah, know. Yeah, I, sure. they're gonna, uh, they fired me from my job, yeah. you know, just because I told them the truth. I worked in a hospital and I told them what I believed to be the truth and probably was these people can get fired and uh it and that that is going to get much worse unless we get more people to stand up and the demonstrations we really like to see this like i've said so many times i like to see about 
How many, how many people can fit, can fit in a football stadium? 100,000, 120,000. That'd be a good little, uh, you know, uh, point to make. Yeah. And they've, they've done that. They've filled the stadium. Many so times, we, we, yeah. we want people standing up for liberty. Well, we want to talk about now the big news out of Pfizer this morning. They're rubbing their hands in glee. Uh, we can even put that next clip up, and I'll send it over to Dr. Paul. Their COVID vaccine is safe. For kids ages 5 to 11 so get in line kiddos yeah boy this is horrible they have this is one thing that early on even the bad people the bad guys weren't arguing a whole lot with it they yeah. said you know kids aren't kids aren't dying from this but all of a sudden they've concocted it where it's every bit as dangerous as uh as you, you know any other thing and and yet they've converted it into people doing it and now they want to you know what it was starting off right now is five five to eleven age five to eleven but you know what's the difference between eleven and twelve yeah. you know why don't they do it through high school and why well you know there might be a a daycare center or they have kids at three years old we better do it there, there. it yeah. all, always expands and then there's always a little bit of a cost and a little bit of profit in, involved and I have one suggestion that I think would take care of all this stuff. And it, the principle, we've mentioned it, but not enough. And that is the, uh, the, the, the ability for drug companies to avoid liability. Yeah. They're, they're free from liability. But in a free market, the people say, oh, it wouldn't work, it wouldn't work. There would be uh, no regulations and the, the rich would run roughshod over it. But that is not true. The, the rich run roughshod off us, over us when they get control in a socialist fascist system. And that, that's what they're doing. They're the ones who run the drug companies. They're the ones who run the banks. And they're the ones who regulate uh, no matter what it is that was regulated in Washington, if they wanted more regulations, it was the people from that industry. Since they were the lobbyists and they were well known, they'd get appointed to help write the bills. So uh, I, I think eliminating uh, this exemption of liability would go a long way for, uh, but the drug company said, well, we won't do it, we won't do it. Well, maybe there's somebody who's gonna do it because uh, they honestly believe it would help people. That's the way penicillin and insulin and these other major drugs were, were developed. They weren't developed because the government sent them millions and millions of dollars you know, you know, for research. So um, that's, that's what, that would be my first step <laughs> to yeah. suggestion. There's a lot of other things, just, just legalizing the doctor-patient relationship and eliminating all this uh, contribution to government records. Everything, every, doctors and hospitals, everything goes to the federal government to make sure everybody's doing it the right way. Yeah. And, you know, all throughout this past more than a year and a half, we've recognized this can be a serious illness for people who are elderly and especially those elderly that have problems. But we've consistently talked about the good news story, which is the opposite of the so-called Spanish flu, is that young people don't get it. They don't get sick. Now, some do because some kids are sick, and that's very sad. But generally speaking, they don't get it. But Pfizer, it looks like, sees a market in this, regardless of whether they need it or not. And in fact, here's a little meme that went around over the weekend that I think says a lot. Uh, the U.S. Open, totally full. Look at all those people. College football, totally full. No problem. We applaud those two. Your child's classroom, stuck in a mask, couple kids in a class. And let's look at this next tweet because I think Michael Krieger from Liberty Blitzkrieg makes a good point. It's become more obvious by the day. Kids are being kept in prison-like conditions in schools to leave the carrot available once the injection is approved for little kids. 
But, he says, the prison conditions will return soon after, and you'll have experimented on tiny kids for no reason. And Jordan Stachtel, who's done a lot of great writing on this, if he can look at the next tweet, I think he kind of sums it up the right way, and this touches on what you've talked about, Dr. Paul. He says, Pfizer's going to make an estimated 35 to $40 billion off of its mRNA shots this year. Moderna, which has never rolled out a functioning product to the market before, will generate around $20 billion in revenue. Bonus, as you say, Dr. Paul, <laughs> no civil liability, no matter what. And Jordan says, nice perk, right? Boy, that, that's for sure. That's an enticement for people to get into that uh, business. But it's terrible that their motivations are such that uh, it's t- all, it seems almost totally absent from you know the uh, care of patient. And I really have to be a bit careful on that because we see all the terrible things happening and what the whole system is looking like. But we still have you know a lot of doctors that uh, you know do their best to take care of patients and do it a, a, in a modest way. But you know right now the system is, uh, that if, if you're in private practice, you usually end up, you can't get anywhere unless you belong to a group for insurance reasons and hospital reasons, all these kind of things. And they, uh, they, 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 they do this and uh, they put them in a, in a group. And if they have a patient come in and uh, the doctor knows them, they've been around and they're having a tough time, he says, Oh, you know, I'd like to just treat you for free. They actually are breaking a law, you know, because they were not because you haven't charged exactly the same thing for the other person, and you're discounting, and discounting becomes a crime. Yeah. So that, that's how Cruel. messed up the medical profession is. Criminal, criminal. Well, we wanted to touch for a second on this idea of doctors being threatened by pharmaceutical companies, medical, and the medical board if they. If they speak out, if they say anything that goes against the grain, and this is pretty worrying, and I'm sure as a, as a, as a former practicing doctor, it hits how close to home. Oh, oh, it is such, such a shame, and uh, you hear it all the time, and and they're they're getting some coverage on some of the TV programs and uh, and the uh, on the internet, individuals, uh, doctors, nurses, the whole works. They, they almost have to bow, capitulate, and follow the orders, and uh, that you'll get directions, no, you can't say this, you can't say this, you can't say that, uh, like, if you start talking about natural immunity, you can lose your job over yeah, that, don't yeah. you, you can't say that. I mean, you, you talk about bad science and, 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 and bad uh, understanding of individual rights. You can't say such a thing as if, as if it's, uh, you know, a, a crime to uh, do your best to tell the truth and try to correct some of the mistakes being made. But uh, it's, it's pretty amazing how quickly it turned around the last year or two to the point where no matter what the government says, they roll over. But we've seen statistics which contradicts that in a way because there are statistics and they've been around where the percentage of people who don't trust the government has actually been going up. Yeah, that's and, uh, But uh, I, I think the people who like big government are in the, in, in the places where they can maintain it. And the uh, Hayek's whole argument was why the best got rise to the top, yeah. you know, whether it's medicine or not. I mean, just look at the people in CDC and these other places. It isn't because 
because they're astute uh, uh, ethicists and, uh, and, and scientists. It's because uh, they, they know how to either make a buck or, uh, uh, you know, fit in into the, and, and cooperate with the deep state. Yeah, and push people around. Well, our last little segment here, we're going to have to have some good news because, yeah. again, getting a little bit depressed. Uh, but there were a lot of protests over the weekend. In fact, this next JPEG would be good. It's a tweet about Times Square in New York City. If we can get a little bit bigger over there. Leroy Johnson posted this. Thousands take over Times Square in New York City for the protest against the mandatory shot at the World Freedom Rally. And you can see thousands and thousands, and we'll have a clip about this. But Thomas Massey, representative from Kentucky, he commented, on Monday, every Democrat in the Judiciary Committed Committee voted for vaccine mandates by voting against an amendment which would have prohibited them. They should circle back with the people they represent. And in fact, let's go to this next video clip because this is from Times Square. This would be, I think, the fourth uh, clip that we, could, that we have, if we can show that. This is the protest in Times Square over the weekend. It's great to see this. New York City, Dr. Paul. And let's look at a couple more. Let's look at this next. Here's some, uh, some more protests uh, around the world. Let's look at this next one. If we, it's that next clip. This is the Netherlands. This is how they protest. It's, yeah, it's interesting, but there are a lot of them. The Dutch are not usually a type of people who go out against their government. They're usually pretty restrained people, but here they are. And I think, do we have another one? I think we have one from... Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Now, this was shocking over the weekend. The Australians are literally in prison camps now. But this is, it's shocking, but this shows they have had enough. Of course, you know, violence is terrible and we never endorse it, but these people have been locked literally in their houses. But Dr. Paul, here's one that we've talked about. This next uh, JPEG, this is from Australia. And this, if this does not make you sick, this is a 74-year-old lady. She was peacefully protesting in Australia. She was violently thrown to the ground by police, hit her head on the concrete. Instead of helping her up, the police leaned over her, two of them, and sprayed pepper spray into her face. This is sick. I don't even know that a Nazi would do something like this. Yeah, that's terrible. Now, the one thing that gives us a, a, a little bit of hope was that as that crowd was moving along, uh, another officer in uniform bent over, assist, tried to assist her. Yeah. So it, it's not like it's total. Yeah. But yeah. mob psychology is a bad thing. People get a, in a mob and you get four or five and then the people follow. So what we need more people looking at the individual who's going to act in a more kindly way and yeah. say, why can't we, you know, act differently to that? But, but that, that is really bad. Yeah. And, uh, so it's going to be a long time, I guess, until uh, we get back to normalcy. You know, the big political ad uh, in the 20s, uh, like, uh, you know, after World War One, was back, uh, back to Calvin Coolidge, I believe, back to normalcy. <laughs> and <laughs> That's I, what we need. I, I thought, well, right now, if we don't hurry up, we're going to forget. Yeah. 
Well, because even even when you go back, you, we still uh, we still didn't. We were far. We had a lot of problems yeah. that were building up and leading to this. I mean, whether it was economic or medical or financial, the government was much involved. So we we, we say, well, we wanted to eliminate a year and a half. Well. The, the arguments are still would be there that uh, philosophically you, we'd still have the cultural Marxists, they're still in the universities. That's why we have the other job of getting our message out uh, in spite of cultural Marxists being, uh, you know, inundating our university. That's where so much of this mess starts. Yeah. Well, I had a couple of quick clips to close myself out because I don't have any words of wisdom to close it. So pictures sometimes tell a thousand words. Let's look at this next one. Here's our hero, Thomas Massey, again. We're 18 months, two presidents, $5 trillion, three jabs, and a shredded constitution into slowing the spread. I thought that was a clever one. And here's the next little clip, Dr. Paul. We didn't talk about this much. Maybe we'll pick up on it later this week. This is the New York Times. This is not the Conspiracy Times. New York Times, next clip, if we can put that up. I'll just read this really quickly. New York Times on the 17th. Dr. Sharon Elroy Price, Israel's head of public health services, said the summer's rise in the number of hospitalized patients who had been fully vaccinated with Pfizer's vaccine was, quote, scary. She said 60% of severely or critically ill patients and 45% of those who died during what she called the fourth surge had received two injections of Pfizer's vaccine. That is scary. And my last one is related, Dr. Paul. This is a famous comedian uh, called Chris Rock. Uh, if we can put up that next clip, this is the Consent Factory, which is a very interesting uh, organization, put this up. Chris Rock got the COVID over the weekend. Uh, too bad for him. But he, uh, but he also said, hey, I'm double vaxxed. I got COVID anyway. You all should go get vaxxed. And so here's what <laughs> Consent Factory said. Genius comedian who says he caught the virus after he got vaccinated urges everyone to get vaccinated so they do not catch the virus that he says he caught after he got vaccinated. Got it? <laughs> That's a pretty clever way of pointing in. And, you know, we don't know the answer. But something is, seems a little weird about that. You, you know, uh, right now we talk about it and it's getting, and getting some reports, but there are statistics out there that have talked about, uh, you know, how many people have had complications from the vaccine. And uh, it, I think it's a lot worse than, uh, than it's being reported. Yeah. Uh, but the principle, it's always there with almost anything we do, all medications we take, you have to consider it. There's nothing perfect, but the, the how you decide this is an issue. The individual should have the responsibility uh, of making the decision, and that should be done with the help of uh, some people they trust in in the medical field. But uh, it, the. Uh, it doesn't work that way now because uh, it, it has turned into a, a social battle. You know, if you're if you're if you're not uh, uh, if you don't haven't had your vaccination, you you can't come in. We we want this uh, passport to really work. You know, it becomes total control. So, I, but I think there's a lot of people. I, I think uh, that you're going to read and hear much more because it probably won't be known uh, how how bad it really was until five or ten years. Because right now, uh, we see reports, and I said, "Look at this! This is horrible." Then we say, "Well, is this one that we can verify and we can be sure that it's happening?" You know. I, I really tend to accept it because I'm very fearful 
you know, that uh, they'll fudge the, fun, the, the uh, fudge the figures, just as they did when they were needing cases to prove how serious it was. And then they did uh, the, the, the tests and made sure that the uh, endemic was much worse than it actually was. So it's a, it's a job figuring out, but I think the main thing that we, we try to do and what the people try to do is just find the truth. And uh, the people that we contest with are the people that actually, there's plenty of them that philosophically, they don't believe in the truth. They don't believe in a higher law. They don't believe that truth is achievable. And therefore, uh, the communists were uh, famous for this, and now the cultural Marxists are talking about it too. You're not obligated to tell the truth because uh, you, you don't know the truth, and the truth is going to be what we tell you the truth is, and that's the way they treat us in medicine, and then they'll hide behind science. That's what they're going to do, science. And uh, I'd, I'd like to think that more people would decide uh, to live behind the uh, presentation and an understanding of what liberty is all about and solve our problems and make sure that uh, volunteerism works and that people aren't punished for making an effort to do that. And we already today talked about people being punished just by merely talking about these things and people being canceled and losing their jobs. So we have a job to perform, but the main thing is, as an individual, about all we can do is do our best to seek the truth and, and pass it out, and, uh, and, and, and I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it helped a little bit, and, uh, and things will change, because I know that if nothing is done to present the cause of liberty, uh, the people in charge right now aren't much interested in voluntarily giving up their ways and say, you know that Ron and Daniel, they were on the right track, so we're going to accept their viewpoint and, and on they go. That's not going to happen, so uh, we have a long way to go. And it won't happen by capitulation and saying, whatever they tell me to do, it's, the good, it's, it's, it's for the social good and for keeping people healthy. Well, that philosophy hasn't worked in the past and won't work now. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.